everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week has me yelling Ave Maria because guess who we just signed to be our new quarterback? Um, uh, Bach Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach? Uh, oh, 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 this wasn't a we, biblical. This wasn't are a we biblical. Recording? Can, we, can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Do you have a better Bach song that I could have pulled? Ain't seen nothing yet. Da, da, ba, 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 baby, just ain't <laughs> nothing yet. Nice. Okay, now I'm back in. Let's go. <laughs> Took what I could get. Bachmeyer Turner Overdrive. Hell yeah. Hope, hopefully, we don't have to say Bachmeyer Turn Overdrive very often. All right, guys, uh, I'm signing off, and I'm not coming back. Yeah, I guess I should have gone with the the Meyer Grocery Store pun instead of the. The Bach one. It wouldn't really track well with our fan base, though. No, yes, no that's more. Fair. Okay, Apparently Michigan headquarters based. in Grand Rapids, yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, we're here to talk about a couple transfers this week. Quarterback Hank Bachmeyer and running back Craig, also known as Squirrel, with a W. Williams. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I went from thinking that Tech was going to go 0-12 next year to a modest 1-11. <laughs> there you go. Um, I beat Northwestern State. Might maybe uh, let's let's not get um, God clear get ahead of ourselves. But um, State Farm, yeah, I mean Hank Bachmeyer, obviously the the big news, especially after Liddy transferred out last week. I think we talked about that. Yeah, pretty much nobody left in the quarterback room except for um, Matthew Downing, whose leg is still recovering. We hear so you know best of luck to him uh, in the recovery process. But we needed someone whose leg is not broken to participate in spring football at least and that was the only requirement yeah hopefully lead our team forward into next year and i personally think we found that um i'm very excited uh i know maybe the the jury's still out obviously but hank bachmeyer brings 29 career starts at boise state he won 20 of those games as a starter so 20 and 9 as a starter we'd have to add together probably our last five seasons to get to 20 wins. So that's, you know, I, I, I like that. Um, and that's including 2019 when we won 10 games. So, I yeah, mean, it's, it's hard to be unhappy with this. I know at first I was given a lot of shit saying he showed a lot of regression and that's a fact. It's a fact that he has showed regression. However, Evan mentioned something along the lines of I'm getting some Jeff, Jeff Driscoll vibes from this. I see parallels. And if he's, Anywhere as good as Driscoll was for us, that's a significant step up from quarterback play last year. I mean, yeah, I think I've, that's the thing that you just have to accept when you're tech right now, or really in the history of college football, is you're not going to get the transfers with that are both names and have been on the a hot streak. We're not getting DJ Youngalay. Uh, not getting those guys who are on the up and up going from a P5 to another P5 and probably winning the starting job there. The guys that we're getting are going to be rehab kind of guys in the baseball free agency sense of the word. Guys who want to prove that they still have something that they're able to do. Uh, he has two years of eligibility left, so he can come to Tech. Hopefully he's here for both years. And hopefully he's able to turn it around and do what Driscoll did and kind of resurrect his draft stock and end up, uh, even if he's not starting every week for whichever team Driscoll's on right now, at least uh, making an impact and staying on rosters and stuff like that. So Tech is a perfect place for him to come. Uh, kind of probably be pretty much guaranteed the starting job and try to ball out in a way that we've seen him do in the past. 
Well, first off, Driscoll is on the Texans and started a game. I this forgot year. they were a team. Yes, and so did they. And two, uh, it's confirmed. Hank has two years left. COVID year, I guess. Yep, that's great. That that's excellent news. So it's not like a one and done like history of yeah, transfer so- quarterbacks like Sokol and Driscoll and what have you. Yeah, so he he started um, his true freshman year. He started eight games. Um, missed their other six games due to injury. And then in 2020, he played, uh, he started in five games. 2021, he played, he started and played all 12 games. And that was his best year by far. Almost 3,100 yards passing, 63% completion with 20 touchdowns. I believe he got injured at the end, maybe in their bowl game. And then he started the first four games of 2022. And basically, uh, Boise had a really rough start to the year. And I think their offensive coordinator was fired and Hank Bachmeyer immediately uh, announced that he was going into the transfer portal. And so after those four games, he, he got to use his actual redshirt year. And then he also has the COVID year left. I see. So, yeah, he's I mean, two years. That's fantastic. And I know that we know a little insight into kind of what pushed him over the line to choose tech. But for a while, it seemed like a foregone conclusion. He was going to FAU. Uh, there were even some. I mean, it doesn't matter who's verified on Twitter anymore. As long as you got eight bucks, anyone can be. Uh, yeah, but the two four seven, the two four seven sports page that I just pulled up literally yeah. says he transferred to to FAU. They still haven't updated it. That's so. funny. Well, that gives you an idea about their credibility. So, um, that's a uh, week sponsor. Oh no, twenty four seven sports. <laughs> but yeah, this Hank Bachmeyer guy. Yeah, uh, the best situation for us. And then there's a lot of other. I don't want to get carried away with excitement, but there are some really, really exciting other players that will compliment him greatly that are coming in too. But oh, yeah. uh, there was kind of a last ditch effort by some of the players to really convince him that this was the place to be. And I'm sure that decision was made even easier once he found out that certain other great players were coming to tech too. It's kind of a chicken and egg situation too. You know, who may come if you choose yeah. to transfer that school as well. I went from, you know, when we lost Liddy feeling like, man, does does Cumbie like know what he's doing? Right. And of course, I don't know what I'm talking about, but that that was kind of the feeling around the fan base was like, man, like our QB of the future just left when there's like literally no competition in the room. He was going to be the guy. And then, you know, now here, like, I don't know, 10 days later, like two weeks later. I'm like, okay, like this seems like he has a plan. It seems like he's he's able to sell these guys on this program and and what he's trying to build here. And we'll see we'll see if that plays out on the field, obviously. But like, I feel a lot better, you know, about next season than I did even a week ago at this point. I'm impressed, definitely, with bringing in his brand of players. Lydia was a skip guy. Whole team was skip guys. Not not a single player that on the roster or was on the roster the last game of the season was a company recruit uh, so he is starting to get his players so maybe his brand of football will be even it's going to be better it's just going to be better you're recruiting the type of players that you want to be in your system it's going to be better and even last year the offense wasn't bad like it was it before it great. McNeil got hurt it was it was like top 40 in the country that's not bad but one of the guys that we're kind of alluding to here, um, Nathan, you mentioned him up top, Squirrel Williams. Yes. What do uh, what do we know about Squirrel? Oh, they are well, they're land, mammals, land creatures. Yeah. Okay. We went for the same joke. <laughs> uh, 
Evan, what do you know about squirrels? Uh, what do I know about squirrels? Um, well, let me tell you. Squirrel Williams uh, is a running back coming in from Baylor, uh, where he he was a redshirt senior this past year. But again, due to the COVID rules and due to other whatever madness he has, at least one year of eligibility left. This is a guy who um, was a, a top rated recruit in high school. He was the number eight all purpose running back in the country being recruited in high school in 2017. Um, and he came in and, and, you know, he's kind of been a, a role player back at Baylor until this past season where he actually led the team with 5.5 yards per carry. Uh, he carried the ball 101 times for almost 600 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he also caught 11 passes for 80 yards and one touchdown. He returns kicks. He's a pretty small guy, but he's he's got that lightning speed to him. He ran a 10.2 second. Um, hun- what is it? Hundred meter? Is that fast? I don't I don't remember. I hope it's not his 40 time. Uh, no, <laughs> hundred meter dash. I think. Um, but he's also a smart kid. He's he's been on the um, all Big 12 academic team um, the last three years and then also on the Big 12 commissioners honor roll all five of his college years. So this guy's like going for his Ph.D. at Tech basically while he's here. Um, and I've seen speculation that he may even have two years of eligibility left somehow. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah, well, as long as those victory like, laps into the end zone, I'll be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to feel good about the running back room with uh, with Crosby and Thornton and how they developed late in the year last year with the offensive line coming back mostly intact. I mean, adding this guy in is just is that's a really, really strong running back room. And I'm excited to see what they can do on the field this season. Yeah, and of course, we're not done with transfers and, and commits and things like that. But those are the two big ones uh, this past week. And of course, as more come in, we'll talk about it at least briefly on this show. I do want to say before we move on to basketball that I was trying to find a funny joke to talk about a squirrel. And so I Googled the word squirrel and a news story says number of squirrels in Texas are down dramatically. And where is squirrel transferring from Baylor, Texas? That's wow. Yeah. So that's both a joke and some environmental news for you. He's bringing the squirrel hordes with him to Ruston. I mean, we already have the Twitter account, so might as well. Oh God. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about basketball because this was an up and down week for the Duncan Dogs. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely, definitely did not go the way that we were hoping. You know, one of the games was was pretty good, and the other one was one of the worst performances I've I've seen Tech have at home um, in my time as a fan. So yeah. yeah, let's jump. Let's jump to the first one though, the the more fun one to talk about against Western Kentucky. Both these games were at home against Western, and then against Middle Tennessee later in the week. Uh, against the Hilltoppers, though, Tech started the game as the hotter team, building a seven-point lead through the first 10 minutes. But after seven straight possessions without a score by the Bulldogs, Western Kentucky was able to catch up and even take a 37-35 to lead into the half after a buzzer-beating three-pointer from Jordan Rawls. That momentum for Western Kentucky carried over into the second half, where the Hilltoppers went on a 12-2 run to take a 49-37 to lead before the first media timeout after the halftime break. But then the Tech offense wakes up to pretty much stop the bleeding and then some. Going on a 23-4 run to go up 70-61 to with five minutes left. The win expectancy for the Bulldogs at that moment, 94.5%. But then the Hilltoppers make those five minutes count going on an 11-2 run to tie the game at 72. With 21 seconds left. After an inbound and awkward three-point attempt by Western Kentucky misses, Tech rebounds and they 
can choose to hold for the final shot, but they don't. Instead, Kobe drives uh, in the fast break, puts up a layup that bounces out, but Kenny Hunter follows with a putback that's good. 74 to 72 tech with 14.2 seconds left. Jordan Crawford goes for the steal after the Hilltoppers cross half court, but gets called for the foul, and West Kentucky sinks both free throws to tie the game back. Two timeouts later, one on the inbound and then a second time after crossing half court, Tech inbounds the ball again to Kobe, who is tripped for a foul, but Tech isn't in the bonus, so they have to just do this play again. Another inbound, it's the same play call, and Western Kentucky's better prepared to defend this time. Kobe puts up a pretty well-contested three-point shot, it misses, and we're heading to overtime. Yeah, that that was frustrating. Like, I don't know, draw up a different play. <laughs> yeah, use both timeouts, one to draw up the play to get you past half court, and the second one for the shot attempt. I feel like he probably could have used that second timeout better. Okay, yeah. here's how overtime went, though. Let's jump back to the good news. And I'll just go ahead and basically read off the shots that happened over this five-minute period. A missed Western Kentucky three-pointer, a Jordan Crawford layup, a miss by Western, a three-pointer by Isaiah Crawford, a miss by Western, a made shot by Isaiah Crawford, a missed layup by Western, a second chance layup by Mangum, a missed three-pointer by Western, a made layup from Mangum, another miss from three by the Hilltoppers, another make for Tech, this time by Kobe, and a final miss on a layup by Western Kentucky, and that ends it. Tech wins 85-74 to for the fifth straight win over the Hilltoppers. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, Western Kentucky, if if you missed that, their stat line in the box score for overtime one, 0 for 7 from the field, uh, 0% shooting from the field. Is that good? Can someone tell me, is that good? 0% from the field? No. Okay, it's good for Tech. Yeah. Um, who shot 71% from the field in overtime, which is also good. Yeah, everyone was talking on Twitter about the 11 to nothing overtime or 12 to nothing before they realized they wanted to take back that Kobe shot to make it a two pointer instead of a three. But I didn't realize until going through the box score and, and kind of revisiting this game, it wasn't steals or turnovers or bad passes out of bounds by Western Kentucky. They were just missed shots. Yeah. And both, they both teams took seven shots. And they went on a run to end the game and uh, regulation. Tech should have won this game in the 40 minutes and not needed the extra five, but they made that final push and forced overtime just to lay an egg. I mean, if I'm Tech, I don't really care. A win's a win, but that's just not what I expected when we headed to that overtime period. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of had a pit in my stomach like, man, we're going to let this one get away from us, and we really really needed the win at home. They even said, I think – it wasn't it wasn't our boy Chris on this broadcast because it was on CBS Sports, but but they even said you know there's a big difference between being four and four and three and five in conference play, and so that's what was on the line. Both teams were three and four going into it, and you know we pulled back even um, with the win. So good on the team for for you know fighting back after kind of getting punched in the mouth there to end the game. Matt, did you get to watch any of this game? The Western game, yes. The uh... Other dusty, no, I did not. You picked the right one. Any thoughts for, that you had from this game? Love close games. My, well, the the thing I took away from this game the most is the tremendous performance in overtime. I, I was awesome. I was really di- I was yeah. disgruntled at the fact that Tech kind of a little wishy washy at the end of regulation, but as soon as it got to overtime, Mister didn't score a point, not one point, nothing. It just dominated the whole final overtime interval. It was fantastic. So let's get a little bit more of that dominance. Uh, 
the in regulation, fellas. I know you didn't the following game, but uh, maybe you will next one. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're just saving it all for this Thursday night. But yeah, I mean, one thing that stood out to me in this game was Jordan Crawford, who I have uh, I've hyped up closer to the beginning of the season, but haven't really talked about him much lately. This game was by far his best performance so far in his true freshman year. He had 11 points, six assists, no turnovers. So he's already one of the leading um, freshmen in the country in terms of his assist to turnover ratio. Um, but this was by far his best performance. It, it really felt like he knew what he was doing with the basketball. He knew when to drive. He knew when to pull up and, and pass out. And yeah, when when he and Kobe get going like they were in this game, it's just really fun to watch them work and uh, and and really see, you know, that sort of like two two main ball handlers um, able to to run the point is just a really nice thing to have. Yeah, when this team is good, it makes me very hopeful for the future, especially future seasons. And Jordan Crawford hopes I I really hope he's going to be a huge part in, in future Bulldog basketball teams. But Again, we've talked about this last week when we lost two games, and we'll talk about it again this week as well. What matters is the tournament, and all this does is prepare you for seeding, but it also gives you the experience. and gives you a chance to play guys like Jordan Crawford. Um, gives you a chance to, to showcase Isaiah Crawford, even though this wasn't his best night. He still had 13 points. These are the kinds of games that you need to have under your belt if you want to do well in that conference tournament. Uh, especially because you'll have to remind yourself that after games like Middle Tennessee, against Western Kentucky, Tech shot and made 14 three-pointers. <laughs> That's the second most by the Bulldogs ever in a Conference USA game. Wow. Evan, do you know offhand how many they made against Middle Tennessee? Uh, like three, maybe? It was exactly three. Wow. Three okay. of 21 against Middle Tennessee. Wow. That's... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like this game was just so bad. I mean, we just couldn't make shots the whole night. A middle shot 61% from the field in the first half, 17 of 28. I, I mean, Tech made 19 field goals in the whole damn game. So I don't know. Like, do we really need to talk about it? Like MTSU was just up 19 at half. You know, I think the game was tied 10 to 10. <laughs> but then Tech, you know, Tech scores 14 points the whole rest of the half and middle scores 33 because they couldn't fucking miss. So yeah, yeah it was that 18 to three run in the first half when you said it was, it was tied like 10 to 10 or it was nine to 10 or something like that. Yeah. That's really when they just took control and then throughout, especially the second half, but also late in the first half tech needed three pointers to try to get back into it, to try to get a momentum swing, to try to get something working because you, you can't, try to drive to the basket and do the things you normally want to do when you're fighting the clock as much as you are when you're down big. And when those three pointers just don't fall, it just makes it worse because then you're quickly getting the ball, giving the ball back over to the hot shooting team in middle Tennessee. And it's just a recipe for a disaster. The fact that the score is only 68 to 51 as a final is kind of amazing that it wasn't worse because this looked like the Harlem Globetrotters versus the team that normally normally plays in UTSA's arena. I assume some random high school. This is just, <laughs> it was just a, an awful, awful, awful night by the Bulldogs. Yeah. And there's not really much more you can say. These nights happen, but I'm just happy it happened here and not in Frisco. Yeah, that's fair. Who's to say it won't happen also in Frisco, but you know, maybe we got it out of the way. <sighs> 
Yeah. Also, I just want to point out that we definitely jinxed this one last week. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned, Evan, that Tech had one double-digit loss on the year for the entire year, and uh, now it's two. Well, there you go. I mean, hopefully this gets it out of their system because we got a, a big game coming up here Thursday night. Uh, rematch from, what was it, last Saturday? Is that is that true? I mean... Yeah, from as we record, so yeah, a week and two days ago. So not the MTSU Saturday, but the one before that. Yeah, we're heading over to Birmingham on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central uh, to play UAB again, the Blazers on CBS Sports Network. And uh, yeah, we, we just previewed this team, so we'll keep it quick. But Nathan, what you got? Yeah, sadly for the Blazers, they haven't really blazed through their recent schedule. They've lost five of their last six. But that one win in there, the one that's not the loss, that was Tech. And just to make it even more painful, that was the game where Tech led 70-62 to with four minutes left and lost in regulation. Yeah, Yeah, that game. Yeah, lost by like nine or something. Yeah, it it wasn't even that close. It was gross. Yeah, so I mean, for me, um, really what I'm curious about this game is, um, is Jelly Walker back? Uh, I know we had our fun last time. Um, you know, talking about, uh, about his, his origin story, but you know, it, they were able to beat us last time without him at, in our home stadium. Um, so if he's back and he's going to be pretty bad that his teammates lost five of their last six when they were kind of hot shit before that. Uh, so I, I don't want any part of Jelly Walker's revenge tour here, uh, starting out this Thursday. So, I mean, I hope that he's, he's not injured badly and that he can play, but I also wouldn't mind if he, uh, if he waited till Saturday to come back, if, if you catch my drift. I hope he's able to play cause I don't like wishing injury on people, but I also hope he just chooses not to. Right. He just goes, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll just set this one out guys. You got it. I mean, the last three games he did play in were losses too, so Fair enough. That Fair that may enough. not that may help. Yeah, he has not played. Tech was the first game he sat. He didn't play this past week and the two losses to Middle Tennessee and North Texas. So it remains to be seen for Thursday. And we're recording this on a Monday night, so that's a long time to even try to guess about someone's availability like this. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Evan, we're not going to do too much of a preview of this team. Outside of those recent losses, this was a team that started the year fairly well, uh, only losing two games through the end of the new year. But like you said, also has been on a bit of a cold snap as of recent. A very good offensive rebounding team, a good three-point shooting team. Uh, defensively, they can guard the two-pointer, but not the three-pointer. And uh, they're able to get the turnovers that they need on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, a team that also likes to play pretty quickly with a top 20 rating when it comes to their tempo or how often yeah. they try to go up and down the court. Yeah, and I mean, obviously from the last game, I mean, I'm just really... I'm looking at the stats here now and just I, I hope the refs let them play, man. There were there were 68 free throws in this ball game, um, something like 56 fouls called. I mean, just come on, dude. That's that's fucking pathetic. Um, but two things I'd like to see figure out a way to slow down Eric Gaines. Uh, he had his best career game. At least I haven't checked their box scores since this game, but he had his best career game as a as a blazer um, with 22 points, six assists in that game went perfect from the free throw line eight for eight. And, you know, I, I didn't really think that Trey Jemison had that big of an impact. I know Carl Malone talked him up and stuff on the broadcast, but uh, he still went 11 and nine. So, you know, if you can continue to, to make him, you know, I thought they did a pretty decent job against him to be honest, but 
I would also, I think we need Isaiah Crawford to get involved in this game. He had four points and five fouls in the last game. Mm. And we're just not going to win when our two, like our two headed monster is, is only Kobe, right? Kobe went off 27 points, eight rebounds, five assists. I mean, that's a great game from Kobe. Um, Isaiah Crawford, we're going to need more if we want to win this game. Yeah. And the odd thing was that with Eric Gaines, we kind of did shut him down from the field. Uh, yeah. But it was three point line in the free throw line where he made his impact. So, yeah, hopefully not forcing those guys to the free throw lines often. But then again, he was seven for seven from the charity stripe against Middle Tennessee and seven for eight against North Texas. So he's found a way to get to the free throw line, even in their losses. So, yeah, just I mean, uh, at this point, I'm just praying for Jelly Walker to, to take a knee. I, I also just. I want to see the team come out and like actually leave the locker room because that performance on Saturday was embarrassing. Um, it was a home game and, you know, for a team that doesn't lose that often at home, it, it felt like, you know, it sure felt like we lose a lot at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know this game's on the road, but coach Hester, you know, you got to have him come out with confidence. You got to have him come out with fire and, uh, and let's take these bastards out on the road. And if you need some bulletin board material, here are some computer polls and what they think will happen in this game. Ken Palm gives Tech a 19% chance to win this game, a 72 to 82 final score predicted. Massey gives Tech a 33% chance to win, a 72 to 77 loss predicted. And ESPN BPI gives Tech a 14.4% chance to win this game. Ooh, man. Not great, Bob. Um, yeah, especially when facing a game, a team that's lost five of their last six, they still predict tech to lose that badly. And that's not to say UAB is not a good team because they are, but I feel a little more hopeful about this one than I did about when they came to Ruston, to be honest. Really? So what you got? Yeah, I, I think it really does depend on if Joey Walker plays and how rusty he is, if he does suit up, but tech is trying to avenge a very bad loss to a team against a hated opponent. And a team that has struggled recently. I've said it before on the show, you don't want to play a good team after a bad loss. But UAB's losses have kind of become routine for the past yeah. few weeks. Meanwhile, Tex yeah. is just a like, holy crap, what happened kind of loss. A loss that you think about for weeks uh, that kind of plays in the back of your mind when it comes to tournament time of we can't let that happen again. And I yeah. would be scared of this Louisiana Tech team this week because of that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it it it's the kind of loss that, you know, could serve as a turning point for your season, right? You've got time or left. could not. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Yeah. I mean, we could we could end up like UAB, right? And and be sitting here saying, oh, man, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's not like it's not like the UNT loss or even the, the UAB loss where it was like, man, we like we could have had it right. It was so close and we're a good team playing against a good team. And we just we didn't make the shot when we needed to make the shot or in the case of North Texas, we didn't stop the shot when we needed to stop the shot. But that MTSU loss was just completely demoralizing. Right. You got completely destroyed on both sides of the court. So, you know, yeah, you better look yourself in the mirror and say, like, that's that's not who we are. Right. So I see what you're saying. Um, Unfortunately, I think UAB's beaten us. God, I don't even know four or five times in a row. Right. I mean, last year we lost to him, I think, three times, including the conference championship game, all of them by like nine points or more. Uh, yeah. Thirteen or no, seven. Yeah. Seven points at home last year and 13 points on the road and then nine points in the conference tournament. I, I, I don't see it. I think we lose by 10. 
I think we win by 10. Wow. Okay. There you go. And what do you think, Matt? Uh, Tech's going to win by 20. All right. Let's go ahead and move over to the UTSA game. This one is on Saturday, January 28th at 2 p.m. Central at, uh, I already kind of made the San Antonio High School gym joke, but I honestly forget what the name of their arena is. Uh, The UTSA Convocation Center. Oh, God, that's even worse than the joke I was going to tell. Uh, Yeah, this game is also streaming on ESPN+. Like UAB, the Roadrunners have not been doing so hot on a six-game losing streak and have also lost nine of their last ten and that also includes Tech, although we haven't played them as recently as UAB. Yeah, I, I'm just going to be real honest. If we lose this game, even though it's on the road, like if we lose this game, like there should be hell to pay in the locker room, basically, because UTSA sucks. Like straight up, they suck. They're bad. Uh, their defense is bad. Their offense is bad. They don't have uh, the only thing they do, I guess, is get to the line that they're, they're 42nd in free throw attempts to field goal attempts. So they, they get to the line, but and they're kind of effective at the line. They're 66th in free throw percentage. But like if it comes down to free throws, this is a, a bad performance from us. We have to do better. Our offense is 69th in effective field goal percentage, whereas their defense is 244th. Their defense overall is 344th and our offense is 140. I mean, we just we have to be able to score and beat this team by double digits. I don't really I don't really want to put any more thought into it. It just has to happen. Yeah, this is a team that has one win in the year of our Lord 2023. This is a team that is predicted to lose every game for the rest of the year. And the best winning percentage they have per Ken Palm in any of those games is against UTEP, and it's a 31% chance to win. So less than a third of a chance to win any individual game. Of course, they may end up with a win here or there. It would be hilarious if they upset FAU in the third to final game of the season. Oh. But <laughs> this is not a good team. That doesn't mean we can't lose to bad teams. We have before, and we will in the future. Oh, That's how the sports work, and it's especially how basketball works. The 20... Uh, 2013 conference tournament <laughs> we lost to like like a 9 and 22 team in the opening round okay yeah anyway not going back to that bad <laughs> place in my memory for much longer than i need to but uh yeah i mean did we play them like i don't even remember jacob yeah, germany's we, good right <laughs> we beat them 91 to 69 at the tag yeah, back on nice. december 29th a game where we had four players with more than 10 points with Isaiah Crawford with 20, Keystone Willis with 17, even though he only hit three of nine three-pointers, Kobe Williams with 16, and Draven Magnum with 15. We just completely dominated this game. The highest, the lowest winning percentage we had at any point during this game was 83%, and that was only four minutes into the game. Yeah. We um, dominated this game, and we should dominate them again in San Antonio. Should, but we should. Yeah. Looking at looking at the box score, they had um yeah, we we really held Jacob Germany in check. He only had four points, um, three rebounds. Wow. So not a whole lot of rebounding going on for their team, to be honest. They had 25 total to our 36. But John Bugs, the guy from near Ruston, I, I think Chris Mikoski was telling us about how uh how cool it was to to get to call that because he's looking for storylines in a blowout, you know. Yeah. And uh, and John Bugs from nearby had uh, something like 70 or 80 fans in the crowd with homemade T-shirts and stuff. He went off for 20 points, um, but this game's in San Antonio. So, I mean, he won't have that same like, you know, yeah, it's a home game, but he's not going to be playing in front of like literally everyone he knows. Right. Yeah. So 
uh, you won't have the, you know, all the homers from Homer in attendance. It will be in San Antonio. Nice. I'll give it up for that. that okay, that cool. Good. I got one. That's that was the good yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> not not uh, the weird Johann Sebastian Bach joke that started the episode. Okay. Anyway, I'm a little upset that computer polls aren't as pro tech as I would think they would be. I mean, they all predict tech to win, but not by huge amounts. Ken Palm predicts a 77 to 70 game with a 73% chance to win. Massey gives tech a 71% chance to win the game with a 75 to 68 game score predicted. And ESPN BPI gives tech a 78.2% chance to win. I mean, most of the time I'm happy if we have a two or a three quarters chance to win a game or whatever, but it's UTSA. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that, like you said, is on a six game losing streak and then they've lost shit. They did beat middle Tennessee at home on January 5th. Uh, so that's interesting, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've lost what nine out of their last 10. Is that, am I doing that quick math correctly? So, uh, yeah, you got to win this game. There's no excuse. This is the number 327 team in the country. They're seven and 14 overall. How many do you think tech will lose by 327? Uh, Oh God. Um, God. no tech needs to win this game. And I think they do. Um, especially if I'm right about UAB and they lose by 10, you know, go out and crush these guys, beat them by 20. I'm going to, I'm going to take a page from Matt's book and say tech wins by 20. Yeah. I think it will actually be a little closer and that if only the bulletin board material we're providing uh, incentivizes the roadrunners a little bit. I, I think this is a game that tech is in control the entire way. And it may end up being like that middle Tennessee game where of course they were going to win it the whole time, but they only won it by 17. And it felt like much more than that. I think that tech wins this game by like 12, but it feels like 20 and Matt. I've got a uh, tech beating UAB got them uh, blazing the blazers by 20 plus and uh, got them utsaing the UTSA Roadrunners by uh, at least 25, if not more. But yeah, before we wrap it up, we have a few more sports to talk about this week. Uh, I think all lady texters, I think. Well, yeah, well, technically there's some men's track and field, but I'm not going to yes. talk about that a ton here. Um, but but yeah, starting out with the basketball lady texters, uh, pretty bad week. You know, felt like they had turned a corner the week before with wins over North Texas and at UAB. They continued out on the road this week with a 66 to 55 loss at Western Kentucky on Thursday. And then really, I thought played extremely well against Middle Tennessee. I was watching this game. They actually had a 38 to 37 lead going into the fourth quarter. And yeah, so 30 minutes of a 40 minute game, there were... 38 and 37 points on the board. And then MTSU basically just decided they wanted to stop missing their shots. So uh, they put up 31 points in the fourth quarter, nearly doubling their score. Uh, They shot 69% from the field, including 71% from three in the last quarter. They made 13 field goals in the first three quarters and 11 in the fourth. So uh, needless to say, MTSU wins with that kind of dominating shooting performance. And honestly, it went from tech being up by one to like, oh, this game's over in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter. It in the final score, 68 to 50. Um, Analar Roberson is back now, but she's playing with a splint on her finger and just really is not the effective scorer and passer and defender that we've that we've come to know. Um, so hopefully she can continue to uh, to rehab that that pinky injury and uh, and really get back to full strength here. Yeah, and they'll need them this week at home, playing the same teams the men do, but reverse locations. 
UAB on Thursday night at the TAC and UTSA on Saturday afternoon also at the TAC. UAB is the number 183rd best team in women's basketball. Tech, for example, or for reference, is 158. So a close matchup predicted. Massey gives Tech a 62% chance to win that game, 70 to 65. And UTSA, they have a bad men's team. They may have a worse women's team. 4 and 14 record on the year, a 254th best ranking in Massey. A Tech should win this game more handily. A 68 to 59 final score predicted by Massey, a 76% chance to win. Yeah, Tech has already beaten both of these teams on the road this year. So heading back home, um, yeah, again, you need you need to win. You need to win both of these games. Yeah. And one of those four wins by UTSA came over UAB. Ah. So there's that. Yeah. So what about other sports, Evan? Yeah, so um, we also had the tennis season continuing here. Uh, they had their home opener this past weekend. They shut out SFA seven matches to zero while dropping only one set the entire day. Ilana Tetrushvili is now eighth in program history with her 43rd career uh, dual singles win. I don't know what dual singles means either. So someone help us out with the <laughs> tennis stuff. Or don't. It may be more fun just to have but, us struggle hey, through this every week. It took us week. a while to get bowling. Maybe we got to get a tennis player yeah. on to explain uh, how this works because <laughs> we had Emily on to explain bowling. Yeah, and speaking of bowling, the Texters claimed the championship in Jackson State at the Jackson State Sonic Boom Invitational, a tournament that sounds much cooler than it probably is because Sonic Boom sound cool. Winning all five Baker matches on day one, dropping just one match to Alabama State on day two. They headed into the championship bracket as the number one seed, but started out with a loss against UAB. How was that kind of week? Uh, before fighting back and defeating them in the championship game to take home the trophy, I assume they got. If not, they should get one Hell of yeah. the Sonic Boom Invitational. Yeah, and one one thing to note too, uh, the 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 quote from the coach in the article says, "We did not bowl to our capability this weekend, and it's a little disappointing." <laughs> shot making and spare shooting at times were non-existent uh we did end up figuring it out and came away with the tournament championship but we need to be better <laughs> is the key to being a good coach just being negative all the time yeah right it's it's very like nick saban-esque in that yeah. it's like nick you just won 52 to 0 against vanderbilt what do you what do you take away from that he's like we sucked <laughs> okay bro calm down man it's, it's and everyone doubted you the whole time i bet um yeah and then uh, one other sport I wanted to mention here, we had track and field, which I don't know if we've ever mentioned track and field on our on our show. Maybe we have, but maybe we mentioned one of them. Um, both the men's and women's team had an all around dominant performance Sunday at the KMS Invitational in Birmingham. Uh, Tech won eight events and posted 18 combined podium finishes, setting 14 personal bests for our trackers and fielders i don't know how to i mean i was gonna say runners but like there's also there's like javelin and stuff right so i i don't know um probably shouldn't run with one of those (laughs) yeah well i think they do run though they run to throw it right oh no anyway uh yeah so pretty nice to see tech you know performing pretty well in in track and field here and let's see yeah a bunch of first place finishes bunch of podiums so Let's see. We won uh, the women's high jump. Gianna Stewart Burgess uh, with the with the high jump five foot five inches um, in the women's category. Then the long jump for men. 
22 feet and 10 and a half inches from Mateo Smith. How the hell do you jump that far? That's insane. <laughs> My boy Nimoy, Nimoy Cockett uh, threw the weight 58 feet. Uh, so that's pretty nice. That's first place. 60 meter finals, Deloria Boone with a 7.73 second finish in 60 meters. That sounds fast to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to talk about track and field more often because it just sounds like you're making things up as you go along to me. So you could have just, this could be an AI chat script that you're reading off. I have no idea. No, I'm just going through the results here. Marshall Ellis, first place in 60 meter finals for men, 6.8 or 6.78, excuse me. Sorry to shave off two uh, hundredths of a second there uh, from your, from your score. We also finished the top four in that race. uh, So that's nice. Uh, All four of the top four spots were, were ours. Uh, 400 meter men's Layden Tucker first place with uh, 49.77. Kayla Watson, 60 meter hurdle finals first place, 8.51 seconds. Uh, God, there's a lot of these I, I wasn't anticipating. Uh, Victoria Dada <laughs> finished first in the 800 meter women's. Uh, this is the last one, two minutes and 23 seconds. Um, so congrats to all of, of those, um, trackers and fielders, I guess is, is what we're calling, what what they're calling you. Yeah. And I think some congratulations are also due to our tweet of the week winner this week, not for his tweet so much as his accomplishments on the football field. Uh, this week's tweet of the week goes to at Trent five Taylor, Trent Taylor, who tweeted at our stats account. And if you don't follow our stats account, we tweet out programmatically generated, uh, Stats after football games and basketball games. There's one that tweets out football cards for NFL players that went to Tech showing their stats that week. Uh, But Trent Taylor last week, so not this past week, but against uh, the Ravens, ended up his stat line was one catch for 16 yards, uh, two returns for nine yards, a fumble, um, only had one offensive snap and four special team snaps. Doesn't really sound great. The reason why... This is Tweet of the Week worthy is because of his reply telling me to delete the tweet saying, please delete in a picture of or a gif of someone handing money to delete it. I did not delete it. Instead, we're going to call attention to the tweet with the yep. Tweet of the Week. But <laughs> so, if it makes you feel any better and if you want to see something that Trent Taylor did well this past week against the Bills and another reason for celebration for Trent Taylor as he heads to the AFC Championship game, the final kneel down of the game Happens at the one-yard line. Trent Taylor is back behind center, behind the quarterback in case of a fumble or whatever. Joe Burrow gets the snap, kneels the ball outside the end zone for the final down. And Trent Taylor, between the two officials, does a backflip. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun to see. Also, uh, another tweet that was fun. Tech has four active players on NFL rosters going into the the NFC and AFC championship games this weekend. Uh, so shout out to them. We're the highest G5, and we're also higher than a bunch of P5s, including a certain other one that's in the state of Louisiana. So pretty pretty cool to see that. I guess we have, what, Trent, uh, Milton Williams, Boston Scott, and who am I, who am I missing? Oh, Sneed. Fucking oh, Sneed. God duh. damn. Duh. <laughs> Just thinking of, like, obscure players when we got yeah. the fucking starter. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, so we're guaranteed to have at least a a Super Bowl representative on the AFC side, and if the Eagles beat the 49ers, we will have uh, we will have two more uh, on the NFC side as well. So, yeah, pretty 
pretty cool to see that and good luck to all those guys this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess some of them have to lose, but you know, some of them also have to win and that's what really matters. I guess here's a moral to the end of the podcast that about wraps it up for this episode of the go tech, please don't die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where there are sometimes blog posts up. And there's also the shop. It is nearing the end of January. If you want the January shirt of the month, the handshack shirt, you better get it now before it goes away. I won't say forever because, I mean, we regularly bring them back for events and things, but it goes back into the Disney vault until the vault reopens at some point in the near or not so near future. So go ahead and get that. gtpdd.dog slash shop. Also, be on the lookout for stickers. Uh, we tweeted out a picture of what they look like, so if you haven't seen it yet, you should go check our Twitter. I think they look pretty cool. We'll be handing them out. I know there's some baseball games we're planning to be at pretty soon, and we'll hand them out then, or if you want to buy one if you're not going to be able to see us anytime, uh, they'll be up on the shop as well soon. gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. out SFA 7-0. to zero. Also, I don't think it sets because I was reading the article about it and it said they dropped a set. So that means 7-0 to zero can't be sets. Matches, I guess? Maybe it's yeah, matches. Yeah, okay. Is it matches are made up of sets? I think so. And then within a set, there are games? Okay. Is that, I tried somebody... to learn how tennis worked once and then I learned that the first score is 15 love and then I went, this is too complicated and went home. Yeah, someone someone tweet at us how tennis works and we'll try to... Wait, is it yeah. 15 love or... Fi- love means zero. It's like 15, 30, right. 40. Because tennis is heartbreaking. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm the first uh, person to make that joke.